Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live. Right here on your radio. Specifically, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com at 1450 AM, 103.9 on the FM dial in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and well beyond from our tower high atop Mount Ankanunik in Goffstown. Great to have you with us on this Monday. Hopefully everyone had a terrific weekend. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental CoversMe.com. And I will tell you right off the top today, in uh, oh, about five minutes from right now, we will open up the phone lines. Of course, they're always open, but we will open them up specifically for the first caller to make it through, 603-224-1450. Caller number one in five minutes from now at 815 will win a, a pair of uh, lift tickets to Loon Mountain, a beautiful Loon Mountain resort in Lincoln, New Hampshire. You can ski free on WKXL and uh, 815. Give us a call, 603-224-1450. Andrew will answer the phone. He will uh, patch you through, and we'll just chat briefly on the air, and uh, then you'll be able to ski free at uh, Loon Mountain Resort in Lincoln on WKXL. Well, it was a, a busy weekend in the NFL. The conference finals have been determined, and many of you, I'm sure, were glued uh, to your sets uh, all weekend long. Do they still call them TV sets? I don't know. But uh, at any rate, uh, in the AFC this coming Sunday at 3, it'll be the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. I know. I mean, uh, <laughs> I was I was rooting for Buffalo last night. I don't think I've ever rooted before for the Buffalo Bills, but I don't want to see the Taylor Swift saga move on to the Super Bowl. I really don't. But I, I think Baltimore will beat Kansas City anyway in the AFC Championship game on Sunday. The entire Kelsey clan was on hand last night. Jason Kelsey who uh, recently announced his retirement, was in the booth with, oh, the Holmes clan, uh, Taylor Swift and her entourage. And uh, I, I tell you what, he had certainly the most unforgettable image of the football weekend. I'm talking about Jason Kelsey, not Travis Kelsey, but Jason, his brother, his older brother, was uh, up in the uh, in the Swift slash Mahomes booth slash Kelsey booth, shirtless, shirtless in frigid Buffalo. Of course, they were in a private box, but Jason Kelsey was up there clenching a beer. Apparently, he had uh, mingled with fans in the in the parking lot, uh, tailgating with uh, Chiefs fans and Bills fans as well. So Jason Kelsey got the image of the day. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, it's all over the Internet, folks. Jason Kelsey, shirtless, right next to Taylor Swift. How about that? Uh, clenching a beer and cheering 
for the Kansas City Chiefs and his brother Travis, who caught two touchdown passes yesterday from Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City's win uh, over the Bills in Buffalo, 27-24. So it's Kansas City and Baltimore in Baltimore Sunday at 3, and then after that it'll be the NFC Championship game, the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers from Santa Clara. Uh, They will go at it on uh, Sunday at about 6.30 next Sunday in the NFC Championship game, and the winners go to the Super Bowl. So uh, there you have it in a nutshell. But uh, Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey stole the show yesterday in uh, in Buffalo. So at any rate, uh, the, the football season, for those who don't enjoy football, uh, will, uh, will be ending shortly. February 11th. It'll be all over, folks. It will be all over after the Super Bowl. But if you like football... The new, the new United League, the new United League will debut, I believe, on March 30th. Yeah, yeah, the the, uh, USFL and the XFL have merged, and now it's the United League. So even when the NFL comes to an end, there'll be uh, plenty of football in the spring and uh, and early summer for those who just can't possibly uh, get enough. All right, I think we can open up the phone line right now. First caller that gets through to Andrew at 603-224-1450 will ski free on us at Loon. Now, there's a deal that you cannot pass up. First caller that gets through will uh, be skiing the beautiful slopes of Loon Mountain, courtesy of WKXL NH Talk Radio. How many of you? Let's see a show of hands. Uh, Not if you're driving, though. If you're driving, don't show us your hands. Uh, But how many of you attended uh, some sort of a political rally over the weekend? I imagine a lot of you. Uh, Nikki Haley was around the state at at several locations. I actually saw her on Friday night in Manchester. Donald Trump was around he, uh, I think he had three rallies over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. People wondered if Donald Trump could fill SNHU Arena. He's done it before a few times. And guess what, folks? He did it again. In fact, they had to turn people away from SNHU Arena with a capacity of well over 9,000. He still resonates, folks. Donald Trump is still out there, packing him in. People waiting in line for hours to catch a glimpse and hear the wit and wisdom of Donald J. Trump. And he did it again. He did it uh, in Concord Friday, uh, Manchester with the biggest crowd, of course, with the biggest venue on uh, Saturday, and then he did it in uh, Rochester. Of course, when he did it in Rochester uh, last night, he had gotten the support of Ron DeSantis, who has dropped out of the presidential contest and has thrown his support behind Donald Trump. 
So uh, there you go. And uh, Trump was very appreciative. He didn't call him uh, Ron DeSanctimonious once in his Rochester speech last night. I guess the Ron DeSanctimonious has has gone away. Uh, now he's a now he's a Trump supporter. So it comes down to it, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. What do we have? Six or seven candidates, right? A couple of weeks ago, the field has been winnowed, as they say, to two you know, on the Republican side with uh, Donald Trump and uh, Nikki Haley going at it. And we'll uh, talk to you about an interesting uh, Emerson College poll, uh, which uh, came out over the weekend. We can give you the numbers on that coming up uh, after our, our break. But, hey, we still have we still have that uh, that free skiing on the line right now. If you'd like to uh, give us a call, we uh, still have an opportunity for you to ski free on us. You and a friend, you and a relative, uh, whoever you desire, two people can ski free on us just by calling 603-224-1450 here at WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Now, in case you missed it, with all the football, with all the politics uh, over the weekend, the Celtics got back on the winning track last night uh, after losing their first home game of the year on Friday to the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets. I, I did not, I tell you what, folks, I did not. And I'm sure most Celtics fans did not like the way the team played Friday night against the defending NBA champions. Uh, The game plan was not good. Too many threes again. Uh, They just were not aggressive at all in that game. And you think if there was a game that you could get up for. And I mean, you know, I'm not complaining about the way the Celtics have played in general this year because they have the best record in the league. But that one particular game, when you want to make a statement against the best team in the NBA, they did not play well. They did not play their best basketball on Friday night against Denver. Uh, last night, they did. They, they beat, uh, I'm not saying they played their best basketball last night, but they did manage to beat uh, the Rockets in Houston, 116-107. to Chris Stops, Porzingis at it again. 32 points, and Derek White had uh, 21 for the Celtics, who will be in Dallas tonight to take on the Mavericks. All right, last chance here, 603-224-1450, to ski free on us at Loon Mountain in Lincoln, New Hampshire. We'll take a break. Dale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com. Hey, congratulations to Paul from Hopkinton. Paul will be skiing free at Loon on us. But somehow, some way, our producer Andrew has come up with another pair. Another pair. Another opportunity for you to ski free at Loon Mountain in Lincoln, New Hampshire. All right, so the lines are open right now if you want to sneak in 
1450, we have another pair uh, to give away and your chance to hit the slopes on us here at WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Here on uh, Monday, January 22nd, we've been talking about January 23rd now for months, the New Hampshire primary. The uh, polls will open where in Dixville Notch. Uh, I think there's only uh, one polling place up north that's going to open at midnight. I think they have six registered voters. Six in Dixville Notch, and that will be the first votes of the primary season. Of course, uh, the Iowa caucuses were held last Monday, but that's different. Uh, so in Dixville Notch, they will open the poll at 12, shut it down about 12.02. And uh, that's that's the way it goes. I think it's Dixville Notch that's getting uh, the first couple of votes. And then uh, Concord uh, will open at 7 tomorrow. Most polling places uh, open tomorrow either at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. Concord is 7 to 7, I believe. But uh, you'll have to check your local listings for time and locations. But get out and vote. Uh, exercise your constitutional privilege and uh, vote for the uh, candidate of your choice. The uh, final Emerson College polling, uh, WHDH poll of the New Hampshire primary finds half of voters, 50%, 5-0, plan to support Donald Trump tomorrow, while 35% support Nikki Haley. 8% supported Ron DeSantis, who suspended his campaign on Sunday, 7% of voters are undecided. Uh, counting which candidate undecided voters lean towards, Trump's support rises to 53% and Haley's to 37%. Now, since the Emerson WHDH New Hampshire poll earlier this month, Trump's support has increased from 44% to 50% and Haley from 28% to 35%. Spencer Kimball, who is the uh, executive director of uh, Emerson College Polling, said, and I quote, ahead of Tuesday's primary, Trump has regained majority support in New Hampshire. The former president holds nearly two-thirds of support among registered Republican voters in the primary, leading Haley 65 percent to 23 percent. Haley holds the plurality of independent voter support, leading Trump 47% to 33%. Now, he went on to say that Haley's base continues to be older voters, over 70 specifically, and those with postgraduate degrees. She holds the plurality, but that's a tough word to say, especially early in the morning, right? Uh, Plurality, right? Plurality of support. The majority of support among these groups. 46% of 70-plus voters and 45% of post-grads. Haley's lead is narrow over Trump among these groups, whereas Trump has more of a commanding lead over Haley within his base demographics, leading 62% to 17%. So there you go. Uh, Trump is in the lead. Clearly, however, however, the independent voters could hold the key, could hold the key here 
for Haley to make up some ground. I don't know if there's a mathematical chance or mathematical equation that could put uh, Nikki Haley in the lead. I tend to think not, but uh, among independent voters, as this polling showed from Emerson College, uh, she is in the lead among independents. And do you know what, folks? Here's a fact. This is a factoid that uh, I'm sure most of you are familiar with, but you know there are more independent voters than there are Republican voters in the state of New Hampshire. And you know what else? There are more independent voters in the state of New Hampshire than there are Democrat voters in the state of New Hampshire. So we'll see what happens. We will see what takes place, what unfolds tomorrow and Wednesday morning when all the votes have been tabulated, we think. Uh, Neil Levesque will join us from the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College and tell us what it all means. I'm looking right now at uh, page B6, under the B6 of uh, today's Concord Monitor. And we see a picture of smiling Joe Biden pointing his finger and saying, New Hampshire, we have the power too." when it goes on to talk about some of the uh, some of the issues. The last one is and stop Donald Trump in the New Hampshire primary on Tuesday, January 23rd. Here's a guy uh, that that wants you to write him in because he he, he couldn't be bothered. Uh, you didn't even have to show up, Joe. You, you could have sent some money and uh, been on the ballot. But now he wants people to write him in. He's got all the Democrats out there saying, yeah, write, write in Joe. He'll, here's how to do it. Fill in that little circle and then write in Joe Biden. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I don't think too many people are going to do it. I really don't. I, I think, uh, you know, those who have uh, campaigned here, uh, Dean Phillips, the representative from Minnesota, and Marianne Williamson from the Democrat side. I mean, if you're going to support a Democrat, I, I would, uh, I would support one of those one of those candidates, uh, because Biden hasn't hasn't bothered with New Hampshire whatsoever. Don't take the two seconds it'll take to write in Joe Biden. Write in Joe Biden because our future is on the line. That, that's what the ad says in the paper today. Yeah, good. He, he eschewed, eschewed, that's our word of the day. He eschewed the New Hampshire primary, as has the entire DNC, the Democratic National Committee. They don't care about us. They don't care about us. And, and you know what? Democrats in the state aren't happy about it. They're not happy about that. You know, there are a lot of fine, upstanding Democrats in this state. And they don't they don't care that they, they don't care for the fact that the DNC has completely ignored our first in the nation primary status. But they have. They care about South Carolina, but they don't care about New Hampshire. Now, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens tomorrow. I'm, I'm very curious to see how many people write in Joe Biden on the ballot. But the important thing is to get out 
and vote. And I know many of you will be holding signs for the candidate uh, of your choice. When you walk in to the uh, whatever, you know, you might take uh, a Republican ballot or a Democrat uh, ballot. And if you're an independent, you have the choice. But you will be surprised, I think, especially on the Republican side as to how many names there are are on the ballot for president. I mean, you have the, you know, the popular ones. I mean, uh, Ramaswamy is still on the ballot. And, of course, uh, DeSantis is still on the ballot. And Chris Christie, yeah, those are the names you know. And uh, Asa Hutchinson. But there are a lot of unknown, a lot of lesser known uh, political uh, candidates that are on uh, that ballot uh, running for president of the United States. I mean, some people will pay the the thousand dollars or whatever it is to to get on the ballot just to say and put in their resume that they have run for president of the united states even though they'll at best will get a you know a veritable handful uh, of votes we will take a break and then after that break we will talk a little hockey east with our hockey east guru john Leahy, standing by Right here at WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you along with us on this Monday morning. And we always get the week off to a great start by welcoming our Hockey East guru, John Leahy. John, good morning to you. Ken, good morning to you. I don't know how much of a guru I am, but although I appreciate the compliment, I'm just a guy who loves hockey, just like you. Well, well, you are our Hockey East guru. Whether you like it or not, John, you are <laughs> our guru, our favorite guru. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I wanted to mention to the folks that John Leahy will be returning. John will be returning to New Hampshire. And I want you to, you know, it's it's a, you know, a couple of months away, but I want you to uh, mark your calendars for April 3rd. That's Is that correct, John? April 3rd? Yes, Ken. That's the date that I have, yes. April 3rd, John will be returning uh, to the open mic at the Bank of New Hampshire stage. And a uh, great venue, as uh, many of you know who have been there uh, over the years that it's been open. And John will be there uh, with his uh, ukulele, and uh, uh, he will be performing some songs that you can sing along with. And uh, you'll enjoy it at... Uh, the Bank of New Hampshire stage on April 3rd. So uh, write that down, uh, put that date aside, and uh, John will be there, and uh, he will, as he always does, whip the crowd into a frenzy, no matter what venue it is. And I know, John, you've uh, you've been doing, uh, doing the circuit down uh, in your hometown area in Massachusetts. Yeah, in fact, we were there last Thursday night. Uh, it was a pretty special occasion. My brother was in town. He's in town from Ohio for a while. So uh, he brought his uh, portable uh, sit-down drum, and we did a couple of songs. And uh, it was a great time. You know, always enjoy playing music. And 
I always look forward to coming up to New Hampshire. So April 3rd will be a lot of fun. All right. So uh, April 3rd, John Leahy, Bank of New Hampshire stage. Just jot that uh, on your calendar and, and turn out and, and see uh, John, our Hockey East guru. So, John, bring us up to date on what happened in the conference over the weekend. Well, we had a pretty good weekend uh, in the men's side, Ken. Uh, BU, BC, and Maine all coming up with sweeps. Uh, we're starting to see, uh, we're starting to get a picture of where the league is going to eventually end up. You know, we're getting an idea of who the top tier is. We're getting an idea of who the middle tier might be and who the bottom three might be. Uh, BU and BC, clearly the best two teams, not only in hockey East, but in the country, they're going. Uh, they're ranked one and two in both the pairwise and the uh, national polls. And of course, Maine is having a tremendous year as well. Uh, the uh, Black Bears will be idle this week, along with UConn and UMass. But uh, so there were three teams that swept: BUBC and Maine, the top three. Uh, Vermont, Merrimack, and Lowell were swept, and uh, Providence split a couple of games against Alaska Anchorage. UMass beat Northeastern. Uh, down at Matthews Arena by a score of three to two. So you've got uh, BU up by six over BC, and those two teams are going to play next weekend for the first time this year. They're going to play Friday at Conti Forum in Chestnut Hill, and then they'll return on Saturday night at Aganis Arena. So both games are sold out, Ken. Wow. If you wanted a ticket for BU BC this weekend, you're out of luck if you don't have them now. And, uh, of course, the, the bean pot isn't too far away either. It isn't, but before we get to the men's bean pot, we have the women's bean right. pot championship uh, tomorrow night at TD Garden. You'll have Harvard playing Boston College in the opening game at 5 o'clock, and then Boston University will face Northeastern in the championship game at 8. So be sure to tune in tomorrow night for both games on Nesson. They have a great crew, Bridget Prue. Uh, doing the play-by-play, and uh, it's an all-female crew. So uh, if you want to see some great women's hockey, check out the Women's Bean Pot coming to the TD Garden for the first time tomorrow night. Uh, there you go, and uh, you be you and Northeastern in the championship game. Yes, indeed. should be a great game. BU and BC had to go to a shootout uh, in the first on the first night uh, at Harvard. BU won the shootout, so they... That advances them to the final, and the Northeastern won a close one nothing game over Harvard. So uh, the pairings are set for tomorrow night. Should be a lot of fun. All right, and and then the men's uh, will be with us in the not too distant future. Yep, February fifth and February twelfth. Uh, everyone's looking forward to that BUBC first round game at eight o'clock. Uh, the Garden will be rocking. Uh, I think more so than it uh, ever has for a college hockey uh, game or a tournament. Harvard and Northeastern will play the uh, first game, uh, and then the BC and BU in the second game. And, of course, the following Monday, February 12th, you have the uh, Consolation and Championship game. You can mark your calendars by the Bean Pot, Ken. I'm happy to be going again this year. I'm taking my wife for the first time. Yeah. Go and uh, uh, it's Bean Pot season, and that, that's what we uh, live for. Great atmosphere. You know, John, I, I must admit from a, my a personal perspective, I have not been there uh, to a bean pot since, believe it or not, the old garden. Oh, yeah. So it's about time I get out there. Are, are there any seats available? Uh, you know, Ken, I'm not sure if there are. Uh, Ticketmaster.com is where 
folks are going to check the ticket availability, um, but it may be difficult to get tickets at this late stage. I know the BUBC game is probably going to be sold out, but it's worth a look anyway. Well, we will we will see. Boy, I, it is always such such a great event, such such a, a great atmosphere. And I, I'm just looking right here on uh, on one of the uh, secondary uh, ticket markets, and uh, the cheapest to, or least expensive, we'll put it that way, least expensive ticket for Mondays, uh, the the fifth of February, the fifth, the first round. Uh, the least expensive ticket is $103, but there are tickets available. There are, right. there are some seats still available, but going fast, going rapidly. Absolutely. This is the most anticipated bean pot there's been in quite a while. And, uh, you know, if you want to get over there, you got, like you said, Ken, you've got to act quickly because they're, uh, they're flying out of the uh, ticket areas. They are. How about uh, Women's Hockey East? Well, uh, several teams had a good week. Uh, UConn picking up a split, as did Northeastern. And uh, you've got the Providence also with an undefeated week. Friars winning a pair. BU was 2-0-1. Boston College was 1-0-1. So, again, the top teams in the league uh, continuing to do well and win. Uh, the bottom four teams, not so much of a good week. Maine was 0-1-1. Vermont was 0-2. Merrimack 0-1-1. And Holy Cross 0-2-1. You know, I did a women's game on Saturday at Merrimack, and uh, and in the almost 19 years I've been at Merrimack, I saw one of the greatest comebacks, if not the greatest comeback, uh, in Merrimack in my time there. Uh, Maine had a three nothing lead over Merrimack with about four minutes to go. Merrimack scores to make it three one. They pull the goaltender for the extra attacker. They score to make it three to two with two minutes left, and then they pull the goaltender again, and tie the game with 4.4 seconds left. Wow. Wow. And it was an incredible comeback. Uh, the game went into overtime. Uh, there were no goals. And uh, Merrimack won the shootout. So Merrimack went for went from pretty much a, uh, a guaranteed zero-point uh, game to stealing two points from the University of Maine this weekend. One of the most dramatic games I've ever called. So got to give props to the Merrimack women for battling back and salvaging some points against Maine on Saturday. You know, uh, women's hockey is becoming more prominent uh, all the time. As we mentioned last week, they now have their own uh, professional league, which I, I think is going to catch on. And you, you find that, uh, you know, more high schools are, are playing, are fielding a, a, a women's or a girls hockey team. And uh, it, it's just just terrific to see those uh, those young ladies out there playing the game. And, you know, I, I, I think they, they are so good fundamentally. Now, they're not as fast as the guys, but fundamentally they are very, very strong. Yeah, indeed. Of course, Boston has its own franchise in that league. In fact, they're playing up in Ottawa Wednesday night. That's uh, will have that game. So going to try and tune in a little bit of that one. I, haven't, I have yet to see a PWHL game, but... I'm looking forward to tuning it in, and, and I know it's excellent quality hockey, and a lot of people are excited about it, and rightly so. Yeah, and uh, the the Boston team, their their home base is the Songus Center in Lowell, so it makes it even easier uh, for New Hampshire people to get there. Yeah, it's great. Lowell is a, it's a terrific facility. Uh, Songus Center has hosted a lot of uh, 
great and important teams there over the years. A terrific facility, really not a bad seat in the house. And as you said, Ken, with the games being in Lowell, uh, it makes it easy for a lot of people to get over there. You know, John, back in the day when they first opened the what they called the Songus Arena, at that time, I, I was the PA announcer for the first hockey game ever played there, the Lowell Lock Monsters and the Portland Pirates. I think it was 1998, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, so you're the answer to a trivia question, Ken. There you go. There you go. And I, I actually uh, did PA for the Lock Monsters for uh, three years before the Manchester Monarchs came into the American Hockey League. You can't keep a good man away from hockey, Dan. <laughs> there you go. John, as always, thank you. I appreciate it. Dan, I always appreciate the time. Have a great week. You as well. John Leahy, ladies and gentlemen, our hockey East guru. He's very modest. He, you know... He kind of resists being called that, but he is, as far as we're concerned, our hockey East guru here on Kale & Company, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stand by for more. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Should have mentioned uh, while John was on the line with us, although I'm sure he knows it, but uh, yesterday at the uh, UNH hockey game in Durham, uh, UNH uh, lost the game uh, to UConn uh, by a score of 2-1 uh, to one was the uh, final score. Uh, yesterday, the Yukon Huskies over the UNH Wildcats, but uh, for a while anyway, in attendance, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley and uh, Governor Sununu showed up at the uh, UNH game to uh, meet some of the Wildcats fans and, uh, you know, just watch some good college hockey for a little while. Anyway, I don't think they stayed uh, for, the, for the whole game, but uh, they were there. Uh, in attendance, and uh, if you didn't catch up with it uh, over the weekend, uh, the uh, Concord High Crimson Tide, the boys, uh, stayed undefeated in Division One competition with a 5-1 to one victory over the Bishop Girton Cardinals uh, on a Saturday afternoon, or, or Saturday evening to be more specific, at uh, the Everett Arena in Concord. Dawson Fancher had two goals and two assists. To lead the uh, Crimson Tide, Chad LaRiviere had a goal and uh, three assists. A.J. Dow, a goal and two assists as the uh, Concord High Crimson Tide uh, now 6-0-1 in Division I competition. And uh, that game was followed by Bo against Trinity, a very exciting game. And uh, Bo won that one uh, by a score of 2-1 in overtime uh, against the Trinity High Pioneers, Owen Weber and Billy Smethurst uh, scoring the goals for Bo in that one, who went to 7-2. and two. So both the uh, Crimson Tide and the Falcons are having uh, great seasons. And uh, girls hockey on Saturday at the Everett Arena Concord shut out Bedford 4 to nothing. Uh, Grayson Arndt had a couple of goals and an assist to lead the Crimson Tide uh, to their victory. 
and uh, Concord outshot Bedford in that game. I think the margin uh, of shots on goal was at least 45 to 6 uh, favoring Concord in that game, the 4 nothing shutout of uh, Bedford on uh, Saturday at the Everett Arena. So that's the uh, high school hockey recap uh, for the day. Today being Better Business Communications Day. There's probably no business out there that is not in need of better communication. Even some communication businesses need better communication. But that's a story for another day. Uh, It's also come in from the cold day. That's uh, appropriate. International Sweatpants Day and National Hot Sauce Day. That is what's being commemorated on this Monday, January the 22nd. Of course, uh, as we mentioned earlier, all eyes on uh, Tuesday's first in the nation New Hampshire primary. This uh, from uh, The Hill. Uh, Of course, President Biden won't be on the Granite State's Democratic ballot, even as he runs for a second term in 2024. His absence comes amid controversy between state and national Democrats over New Hampshire's place in the party's presidential nominating calendar, uh, driven by a national Democratic desire to diversify the early voting electorate versus a state law. So as part of the plan to reshuffle the long-standing party lineup, the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, set forth a new schedule that booted New Hampshire from its first-place slot, moving up South Carolina's primary to kick off the voting process. The Biden-backed shakeup was intended to add more diversity to the party's calendar, boosting voices of color by putting more demographically diverse states earlier in the timeline. States that vote or caucus first are widely seen as key to the trajectory and momentum of the cycle. And uh, too often, over the past 50 years, candidates have dropped out or had their candidacies marginalized by the press and pundits because of poor performances in small states early in the process before voters of color cast a vote. That is what Biden wrote in a 2022 letter to the Democratic National Committee. But the plan drew, as you would expect, the ire of New Hampshire Democrats. New Hampshire Democratic Party Chairman Ray Buckley said at the time, the DNC did not give New Hampshire the first in the nation primary, and it's not theirs to take away. Now, under the DNC's plan, New Hampshire Democrats uh, would have cast ballots on February 6th, three days after South Carolina's February 3rd Democratic primary. But, as you well know by now, the Granite State bucked that schedule, arguing state law requires its primaries to be held at least seven days before any other state. So New Hampshire Democrats will hold a first-in-the-nation contest on January 23rd, that would be tomorrow, the same day as the Republican primary in the state, and in defiance of the DNC, roughly two weeks before the 
Palmetto State's Democratic contest, and that would be uh, South Carolina. So we will still, ladies and gentlemen, uh, be first in the in the voting process, and that will be tomorrow. Or if you're in Dixville Notch tonight at midnight, at the stroke of midnight, will be the first votes cast in the primary election, and uh, you will get the results. I, I believe WMUR, as they usually are, will be on hand to uh, telecast it live at midnight if you're up at that time. Uh, and we'll have the first six or eight or ten votes, however many registered voters there are in uh, Dixville Notch, uh, New Hampshire. Uh, and, you know, we've mentioned this on the show before. Somebody has got to write, and I know there have been a number of birthday songs uh, over the years. The most popular, of course, the the traditional happy birthday song that, you know, people sing when the cake's being brought out and, and what have you. Uh, but, you know, there aren't too many birthday songs that come to mind. I mean, I think the first one that comes pops into anybody's mind is the Beatles' birthday song, which when I was... Uh, playing music on the radio, which I did for years, that far and away was the number one requested song because nobody else could think of another birthday song, and so the you know the the uh, you know the song that everybody wanted was the Beatles' birthday song, which. You know, it was, I think, just a, a Beatles song. They, they just slapped that together at a recording session uh, one day. Uh, and, uh, you know, it became very popular because there aren't too many alternatives to the traditional birthday song. Somebody should get out there and, and write a, a, a catchy but brief uh, birthday song that, that would catch on. Uh, I guess, you know, the, there are some artists who have recorded birthday songs over the years, but they never really resonated. Uh, Stevie Wonder had a song called Happy Birthday, and uh, Rihanna did a song called Birthday Cake, and Katy Perry did a song called Birthday. But I, I, I really am not familiar with, uh, with any of them, with any of them, other than the Beatles and the uh, traditional uh, happy birthday song. Selena Gomez did a song called uh, Birthday. I guess uh, Madonna uh, had one as well. Uh, Destiny's Child. Uh, and uh, even, uh, I guess, uh, under the category of birthday songs, uh, Leslie Gore's It's My Party. You'll remember that one. It's My Party. And I'll cry if I want to. Uh, that could be... Uh, Possibly. Somebody wrote here, somebody said it could be possibly the most iconic birthday lyrics ever. There you go. Leslie Gore's It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To. Uh, Loretta Lynn, the country music performer, did a happy birthday song, The Pet Shop Boys. Uh, this uh, little survey that I'm looking at, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, Weird, uh, Weird Al Yankovic did one as well. Happy birthday. And they say the uh, the top one on this list, the billboard list, is Anne Marie birthday. I don't know who Anne Marie is. I'm not familiar with the song. 
But at any rate, somebody needs to write a new catchy birthday song. And then, you know, you might be able to make some money off it. Who knows? Who knows? All right, tomorrow will be primary day. Get out and vote. Vote for the candidate of your choice. And just, to, you know, it's important to vote and, and show the nation why New Hampshire should be number one on the primary schedule. Thanks to all for tuning in this morning on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And remember, folks, to always look on the bright side of life. Have a great Monday, everyone. Thank you.